Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Sue Ann, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, I, I would normally start out and talk ask you about the draft from uh, last end of the Timberwolves. However, we had a rarity in baseball in general, and certainly for the Twins, a complete game shutout. I almost fell over. Yeah, it was uh, stunning to see, and it also was very instructive. Mm. You know, Sonny Gray's gotten mad at Rocco for pulling him early, um, even with the Twins being among the lead leaders in starting, starting pitching innings, mm-hmm. you still have fans and certain pitchers angry. They don't get that one extra inning or one more batter. Uh, and what happened yesterday? Joe Ryan showed what it takes to throw a complete game. And you know what it takes? Uh, it takes pitching stress-free, being ahead in counts, not walking people, not, giving, not allowing a big inning to build, not showing stress on the mound. So when Joe Ryan left the mound with 90-some pitches after the eighth inning, uh, Rocco didn't even think about pulling him. He didn't warm anybody up. He was like, oh, this guy's dominating. He looks, he looks unstressed. He looks in command. Why would I take him out? Mm-hmm. So, which shows you what it takes to – and this isn't unique to the Twins. It shows you what it takes to pitch a complete game. You have to kind of indicate to your manager you're not about to lose it because the modern philosophy is don't wait for your starting pitcher – to get his brains bashed in before you take him out of the game. Right, and avoid that because, you know, analytics will show that it's uh, a better chance to win if you don't leave him out there uh, too long and bring in the next uh, fresh arm. Plus, it changes the look uh, for the hitter as well, unless you bring in the same guy three straight days against kind of the same hitters, then then there can be that repetitive effect there um, as well. But, yeah, the the low-stress outing for Joe Ryan, throwing lots of strikes, uh, there's only been, like, 10 or 11 complete games in the major leagues this year. Only one guy with more than one. So it is a rare feat these days. It is. And also, uh, you know, let's get to the way the Twins are playing here. Yep. Um, you know, they kind of needed that. I mean, it wouldn't have killed them if somebody had come in to mop up the ninth inning. But in general, uh, they went, they're, they're in a long stretch of consecutive games. Uh, they were coming, you know, they're coming off a stretch where they lost five out of six. It looked like they were going to blow a chance to have a decent. Uh, home stand, then they win in extra innings on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and then they blow the doors off the Red Sox on went on Thursday with Joe Ryan giving the entire bullpen a day off. Uh, that that's the kind of thing that can change the course of the season. The last two days, now you know it's baseball. Who knows? Maybe they go to Detroit and stink it up. Yeah. But it really felt like um, Thursday, even before the game, but especially after the game, that they felt like okay. We survived a real crisis here. We got ourselves back together. We're getting healthier. Our bullpen's rested. Uh, we're starting to swing the bats again. Buxton's come back to life. Gray's come back to life. This is what we're supposed to look like. It felt far different in that clubhouse yesterday than it has for a while. 933 feet of home runs, something like that, of my East Bloomington math is correct on Byron Buxton uh, last night. Just a couple of bombs. And, you know, we've seen this. He's capable of this. If he can kind of get on a roll, he really can carry the team for a couple of weeks. We were talking about it in the press box, and we were all saying that he's the strangest hitter we've ever covered. <laughs> or maybe the strangest player, because he's a, a gold glove center fielder who doesn't play center field. Uh, he's one of the fastest base runners in, in the game. He can look completely helpless and swing at pitches that he has no chance of even touching. And then he can turn around and absolutely dominate the next game. It, 
you know, he, he is he, he's why baseball is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you know, we most, in our profession we hear mostly from frustrated fans. They're mm-hmm. the most vocal. Yep. But there's also something very entertaining about the fact that Byron Buxton could walk up the plate and anything could happen at any time. He's compelling. Uh, if you yes. go to a Twins game and he is in the lineup, uh, you're in your seat when Byron Buxton is at the plate. I'm not sure there's another guy on the team that's like that. No, definitely not. I mean, you want to watch Correa hit just because he's a big money player who's yeah. had, you know, with championship, but, but it's not the same experience. He's not gonna. He's not gonna hit a a bloop and turn into a double. He's not going to hit a, he's not going to threaten the score on inside park home run. He's not going to hit it 500 feet. Buxton could do anything. Yeah. Right. And, and he's not the guy you're sitting on the edge of your seat because you're expecting the ball to travel uh, a long ways, uh, potentially uh, like you can with Buxton uh, certainly. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a couple of wins. It's back to 500, you know, small steps to get back to, you know, where I thought they were earlier this year, which, uh, was was the team that was going to win the Central Division. They obviously still might. It's a long ways to go. But but this helps. It gets them back to respectability in their own minds again. And they are getting healthier. And, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, you need your best players healthy. Second of all, you need your best players healthy and roll, moving in the right direction. Sometimes injuries interrupt the flow. And we saw that with Buxton. Uh, he not only got did he miss the days off with injuries, then he looked helpless his first few games back, because he, it just takes a while for him to kind of reacclimate to major league pitching. And because he's so important, they didn't send him on a rehab assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, if if if, if uh, I don't know if uh, if Royce Lewis, you know, had a serious injury and was off for a while, they would probably send him on a rehab assignment to make sure he was up to speed before he hit face major league pitching again. Buxton's so important, um, and they trust him so much that they were like, okay, we'd rather have him in the lineup, you know, because again. Maybe even if he's not swinging the bat well while he's getting reacclimated, maybe he bloops one and turns into a double or a triple. Yeah. Uh, Kent Maeda back from the injured list uh, starting tonight for the Twins. It feels to me like a four-inning start, especially with the bullpen getting the day off yesterday. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be logical. Now, if he's incredibly efficient, you know, maybe he extends it. But I would think they're going – I think they were are considering this a kind of a two-starting pitcher than mm-hmm. the bullpen – uh, kind of combination, and maybe you know, I'm not sure who that second guy would be, but uh, there are a lot of people who could do that. I'm, I'm also really interested to see with Lopez out of action right now, exactly how they use Brock Stewart because he has been spectacular this year, and they've put him in some tough situations, and he's had mixed results. But that stuff is so good, you're gonna have to find out at some point. Three games with Detroit uh, this weekend. Uh, so Timberwolves draft. Uh, tell me your thoughts. Uh, you know. They trade up to 33, and they take a guy who is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and first of all, you know they have fairly limited assets right now. They would not be trading up just to trade up. This isn't like you know Connolly playing games or reaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a guy that they really like, Leonard Miller, uh, played G League, uh, productive. He, he needs some work on his shot, especially his outside shot. He's funky mechanics. Uh, runs well, plays defense, plays hard, uh, athletic. Uh, there's some room on his frame to add muscle. He's only 19. I think he, he's the kind of guy who could develop into something. Now, you never know, but, but you, you kind of like the upside. Mm-hmm. And then they get Jalen Clark, who they thought was a first-round talent before he got injured this year. And he's an excellent de- perimeter defender, uh, smart kid, competitive guy. 
So, you know, when listen, when you draft in the second round, you're looking for future upside. And I think you can make the case in both these players' cases that they do have that kind of upside. There was a number of guys uh, taken off uh, out of the uh, the G League. I mean, the fourth and fifth pick, they're, they're identical twins, and, and they both came out of what they call overtime elite. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a number of guys uh, that got drafted out of that league. And, you know, Tim Connolly, who's whose background isn't scouting and who has scouted the world, said that he thinks the G League is one of the six best leagues in the world. Yeah. And, and that's saying something. You know, obviously you have the NBA, then you have, uh, you know, the Spanish League is very good. The French League has become much better. Uh, you have, uh, you know, the Israeli League. You have Turkey. You have, I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of good basketball being played in South America. There's a lot of good basketball being played around the world. And you see – some real talent getting drafted really high out of that league now, and that's kind of what the NBA wanted, you know. Um, you know, the N- college basketball has always been the feeder for the NBA, but it doesn't have to be. It's yeah. just that's just the way tradition has worked. And it's it, the, that G League, those guys, they, they can skip college and go right to that league and become a professional, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, they can start making money right out of the gate if they don't have a taste uh, for college. Uh, hey, the Travelers Championship is this weekend. They have a terrific feel because it's one of the designated events. Um, oftentimes, guys who are the top players in the world after a major take the next week off. But because it's a designated event, uh, they have them there. Is there a chance that the 3M Open will ever become a designated event? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, obviously, I hope it will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I, I'll be honest, though. Not only is it hard to answer that question just because it's hard to, it's hard to predict the future, yeah. it's also hard to answer that question because I think we are about 18 twists and turns away from figuring out what's going to go on with, with the PGA Tour, Live. Sure. I, think the, I think the DOJ is going to get involved. Uh, I, think, I don't think they like the way this deal is coming down. I don't think they like uh, Saudi money becoming too dominant in American sports. Uh, I think that the way you saw – you saw Monahan react. He almost reacted like he was under some kind of undue influence or pressure. Mm. I, I think I think there's a lot of dark stuff that's going to come out about that deal over time. I'm not sure we have any idea what golf's going to look like a year from now. Jim, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Great. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.